Welcome to the Assurance Show. This podcast is for internal auditors and performance auditors. We discuss risk and data-focused ideas that are relevant to assurance professionals. Your hosts are Connor McGarity and Yusuf Mullah. All right, Connor, today we're going to talk about who you are. An introduction to Connor McGarity. The format is going to be 10 questions. You probably know what all of them are, but we might try to change them around a little bit as we get to them just to keep it fresh. First question, tell me who you are. Okay, Connor McGarity, originally from Ireland, now living in Brisbane, Australia with my family, wife and two kids, based in Brisbane, Queensland, been in Australia for 18 years. That's a bit hard to believe whenever I say it out loud. It seems to have gone pretty quickly. Originally from the northern part of Ireland, a place called County Tyrone, for anybody who understands where that might be, and decided to emigrate to sunny Australia. Not primarily because of the weather, but that certainly was a draw card. Were you born in the northern part of Ireland? Yeah, born in Northern Ireland in a little town called Maharafelt. Grew up in a town close by called Cookstown. Did my primary schooling there and moved on to uh, secondary school, as we'd call it, in another neighbouring town called Dungannon. Um, spent seven years there commuting to school every day and then enrolled at university in Belfast, in Queen's University Belfast. And that's where I did my tertiary education. Lived in Belfast for four years while I studied management and French. The subject of management was quite new at the time. In fact, I think my year was the first year that it was being given as a course. We may have been one of the first universities in the UK and Ireland actually delivering that course. Okay, so you're from Ireland and you've explained a bit about your family. What is it that you do that you get most joy from or that you find yourself spending the most amount of time doing outside of work? My kids give me most joy. I suppose that's a pretty obvious answer. So I've got two young kids, Tom, who's just turning nine, and Rosie, who at the weekend just turned six. So they keep me pretty busy with school and kids' sports and their social activities. Outside of work, I enjoy sports, most sports, team sports, both participating and watching. I do rugby union and rugby league, which are pretty big over here. I play soccer weekly for the oldies, for the old boys. Over four days, that's good fun and it's a good sort of way to decompress after dealing with work all week. We're not very competitive. We're probably more competitive than we need to be given our age and our vintage. But it's just a really good outlet to try and catch up with a few guys, give each other a bit of stick, as we'd say, and maybe try and win the game, although that's probably a third consideration. (laughs) (laughs) So plenty of time with families. Obviously, we like to spend a lot of time with family, but most of what we do most of what consumes us, unfortunately, as professionals is our career. Where did that start for you? Do you want to walk us through where you've come from before Risk Insights in 2017? I'll go back into the annals of time and talk about my first professional job in Ireland after I left uni. I worked for a local government for the local council there as a project officer, essentially in their corporate area, working on lots of projects and at the time I was based within the leisure facilities. They were doing a lot of sort of infrastructure and development of the leisure facilities in the town so I was based within what's called the leisure centre there in my local town just working in lots of little different things and also had a supervisory role in making sure kids didn't drown when they were swimming in the pool from time to time. I guess you'd call it a lifeguard although nothing compared to the Australian lifeguards who are putting their own lives at risk out here in the sea. Ours is more confined to a 25 metre indoor pool. Something like David Hasselhoff in Baywatch, that sort of 
something. Potentially only Red Speedos. Um, and only as a far better singer than David Hasselhoff, although he was very successful in Germany, I believe. And I didn't have his black car either to, <laughs> to help me out with taking the ladies on dates. Yeah, so spent the early formative years of my professional career working in local government, then emigrated to Australia and spent some time sort of touring about as you do. Didn't know whether I was going to stay in Australia then, so spent the one year traveling around, getting to know the country here, doing the visitor sightseeing thing, then decided I should get a real job and maybe use some of my qualifications, so settled down in Brisbane. Met my wife in Brisbane through work, and so the first, I suppose you would call it, professional job I had here in Brisbane 17 or 18 years ago was working for the state government in Queensland. And I was working at what was then called Crime and Misconduct Commission, which was an anti-corruption agency here. And they had jurisdiction over the state of Queensland. So I went to work for them in their integrity division. Essentially, my job was to meet members of the public who had complaints about certain public sector agencies or interview them over the telephone and make some preliminary inquiries and some early investigations into the substance of their complaints and make recommendations about how they could be addressed. So stayed in that organisation for almost 10 years and moved to different areas within that. And towards the end of my time, I was working on much larger projects and leading larger projects, including public inquiries into serious fraud and corruption issues within the state, specialising in corruption prevention. And I used to lead the team that worked with public sector entities to help them mature and develop their corruption prevention. While I was at the commission, I was lucky enough to be seconded to for one year to a, to a major inquiry. We had some significant floods in Queensland and there was a whole of government review as to what could have been done better in terms of the response and prevention for future floods. There were a lot of people lost their lives. The commission of inquiry spent a year looking at what happened and then I got lured by the private sector. Went to work for KPMG in their forensic practice. So spent almost four years at KPMG which was a fantastic experience getting to see up to that point most of my working career had been in the public sector. I got to see work with the public sector from the outside in so to speak working from the professional services side. Got to work on some terrific projects there again mostly around the sort of fraud, integrity, anti-corruption and even performance audit work but the key strand was it's always either helping public sector entities deal with particular risks so a prevention lens or maybe they had a significant matter that required a response, either an investigation or fixing of some systems. And then spent three and a bit years with the Auditor General of Queensland in his performance audit division, leading performance audits across Queensland. Long and varied background, a lot of fraud, a lot of integrity, lots of assurance-related reviews, obviously quite squarely focused in the assurance and integrity world. What's the most memorable thing through your career. So what is the thing that, if I say, look at the last 20 odd years, what's the thing that you remember best? The thing that I remember best would be the year I spent at the Queensland Floods Commission of Inquiry. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The primary reason being that the, that particular inquiry was set up because of, as I said, there were a lot of deaths and destruction because of the floods. And it was such a widespread natural disaster and hadn't really been addressed in any sort of governance perspective previously. So we got to lay bare everything that could have been done better and should be done better. And the impact for that will be that hopefully we can help prevent deaths in the future. Because as we all know, 
climate change is a real thing. Natural disasters, particularly in Australia, are going to become far more commonplace and far more intense in their nature. So that's the most memorable thing. All of the work that we do is assurance or integrity related with quite a heavy focus on data. What is it that keeps you in assurance and integrity work? What is it that makes you or keeps you motivated to continue to use data for the work that you do? The key motivating factor for me is that there's so much noise and misinformation available nowadays in lots of channels that it's really difficult to see what the real facts are, what the truth of a matter is, and how something is actually performing, and how that could be communicated in a more accurate way. And I find that the assurance and the integrity work that we do plays an essential role in making sure that the people that need to know information, whether it be members of the public or an audit committee or the parliament or the legislature, as you may have it, that they are actually being apprised of the proper facts in the proper way at the proper time. And so the most powerful way to do that is to be able to use data to help you tell that story and use it to support what you're seeing through your work. The seam or the continual strand that's run through my professional career, I would say, is being able to get to the absolute facts of a matter and get that information to the people that need to know it to make decisions. What do you like most about your current work and the focus that you have? The biggest kick I get out of our current work is where we are engaged by a client to assist them with a particular problem. And we're able to bring a new perspective or an independent view into something they may have been dealing with for a little while. And it's not because we have all the right answers. It's because we're a little bit removed from the detail of the problem itself. We can help them unlock the answers that they probably had all along. They just needed somebody to prod them or invoke a response from a different angle. You're realizing the capability that exists within an organization already. It's just that they may not have recognized or discovered that themselves. And that's what I really get a kick out of. What's at the top of your work agenda? So in terms of the focus that you have, what's the thing that you're looking to do most of over the next few years and that you find to be of most value and most interest? We are massive advocates of the use of data in our work and it's central to everything we do. Over the next few years, I'd like to take advocacy work to the next level and be able to demonstrate how data can actually help deliver. So not just in conceptual terms about, oh, data's great, it's fantastic, you guys should be doing more. Actually help so that it becomes central to everything and not just an add-on. Where do you think that will help you to take your clients over the next few years? So if you had to look five years into the future, where would that then leave your clients? What would the uplift be? So the uplift there has to be in terms of their ability to focus their own resources in developing the capability of their people. And as part of that, you're looking to release a book soon? Yes, our book's coming out soon. should be available within the next six months on bookshelves, all being well. And that book will focus on how we can better use data in our audit work. And that's all auditors directly using data themselves? Every single auditor. Okay, so quick plug. All right, Connor, so that's the first and last time we'll hear you talking about yourself, fortunately. I'm happy about that. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Excellent. All right, thanks, Connor. See ya. See ya. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend and rate us in your podcast app. For immediate notification of new episodes, you can subscribe at assuranceshow.com. The link is in the show notes.